Do you like Disney? Do you like movies? Do you like friends who watch these movies? Disney Channel, Tipsy Paddle, Disney Channel, Tipsy Paddle, Disney Channel, Tipsy Paddle, yeah! Hey everybody! Welcome to the Disney Channel Tipsy Panel, the podcast where we watch and review all the DCOMs from A to Xenon. And damn, it feels good to be back. It has been way too long, and I've been raring to say that for however long it's been now. Six weeks? Seven weeks? I'm just excited to be back. My name is Brandon Lamuto. I am your host, and I have so many friends here with me. They're not here with me because we're all still isolating, but they're here, and I see them, and I hear them, and I love them. Uh, we have our sound engineer, Mr. Ryan Metz. Hi. We've got our mixologist, Mr. James Letiri. Hey, hi. We have our art director, Ms. Brandon Banta. Hello, hi. And that's it. That's everybody. How you guys doing? How's, uh, how's isolation going? Beautiful. It, yeah, it's got its up and downs. Oh, your silence says it all. You guys are miserable without me there. It's okay, though. I, I'm, I'm here with you now in spirit. And uh, you know what? Your being here with me makes me feel better, too. So uh, it's all positives now. What kind of quarantine activities have you guys gotten into? Like, what are, what are the stereotypical quarantine activities you all have been doing? Um, I baked Animal focaccia. Crossing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Animal Crossing and baking. That's, that's pretty much everything. Oh, I yep. broke my no Amazon rule. Oh, really? What was it for? What, uh, what, was the, what broke um, the camel's back? A garden tool. Oh, you get a pass. You gotta. Thanks, guys. You, you get a pass on that. Yeah, I uh, totally screwed up my sourdough today, which I was doing before quarantine. So just continuing to screw it up in quarantine. I do appreciate your sourdough. It's a shame I don't get to try it now, but I am excited for a day where uh, I can come into your humble abode and enjoy more of it. Well, if you send me a prepaid label i will mail you one. Ooh, oh i'll take you up on that that sounds wonderful that goes for all of you and our listeners yeah anybody out there uh send it to i'm gonna i'm gonna say ryan's address right now uh i'll give you some extra personal information about him like a social in case you need it for whatever reason uh and he'll send you some bread wait how about this if you really want to do it i will do it but you have to call me Mm. 914-863-1613. I'll read it again. Wait, one more time. I only just got my pen. Well, I was going to read it again at the end of the episode, but I'll read it again now. I'm, it's not like you could roll back. It's, it's 914-863-1613. And if you call me, I will arrange to send you a home-baked loaf of quarantine sourdough. That's an incredible offer. While you're going this through is the-, the loaf process, you're actually going to bake it or i thought it was just the sourdough no i'm gonna bake it the starter oh either one really i i think it's best to to you know bake it go all the way you know we get the full ryan met sourdough experience disney sour power dough hour oh right we're doing a podcast yeah we we watched a movie didn't we we're not just shooting the shit like we were at the beginning of the episode yeah, right. We have responsibilities. This was all things. your idea, Brandon. Uh, but in lieu of you keeping us on track, I'll keep us on track. Cool. Hey, um, everybody. We did that already. What movie did we watch? Who's going to tell me what movie we watched? I, I selected this one for our quarantine episode, which is also episode 40. 
it's big episode. Stuck, stuck in the suburbs. Because many people are indeed stuck in the suburbs right now. Yep. Yeah, that's why. So uh, Stuck in the Suburbs is about um, two teen girls Brandon, who... Brandon, Brandon, What, 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 Before we get started, we're called the Tipsy Panel for a reason. <laughs> oh, right, of course. I am currently acting on that reason. Uh, Brandon, what's that reason? Remind me. Because we all get tipsy during the panel. Hey, James is our mixologist. He always makes a drink. Um, he couldn't make us a drink right now. Uh, did you make anything? I made a pre-made margarita mix margarita. Nice. And nice. they Ooh, okay. They're the best. Very nice. Just you buy the the neon green mix and oh. a cheap bottle of tequila. I'm getting really heartburn great. just thinking about it. Uh-huh. This is really bad for my throat. Oh. Stuck in the bottom of the bottle. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm currently uh I am enjoying the the Victory Sour Monkey Triple. Um, it's 9.5%. So uh, this is, uh, is going to be a fun episode. What are you drinking? And I have another one sitting on the side for, you know, when I when I run out and I have to open it up. So I'll have this one now and a nice lukewarm one later. Mm, I'm drinking Merlot. Keeping it simple. Very nice. Well, I guarantee you I'm keeping it more simple than that. Uh, so... From about 125 miles north of New York City, uh, all the way from the Croton watershed, I'm drinking New York City's finest tap water, baby. Best in the country, arguably best in the world. I am down with H2O. Sweet, sweet. We are blessed with great tap water. Yeah. I mean, people filter their water and shit, and I look at them like they're crazy because I'm a coastal elite, and Mm -hmm. I get the best tap water in the world from, from my tap. It's free. Yeah, we've all been in a place, I'm sure, where you can't drink the tap water, and it just feels wrong. Some people live in a place where you can't drink the tap water. Shout out to our listeners in Flint, Michigan. Mm-hmm. Or most of the states, I think. Yeah. yeah. Even Very LA. I feel like LA, not cool to drink their tap water. Yeah. In there's... LA, it's only good to drink water if you take one sip from a plastic bottle and throw it away. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, listeners, we hope that you're out there getting tipsy with us, but remember, please decom responsibly, um, or don't, I'm not your dad. This is quarantine. We kind of do whatever we want. There's no rules. There's no bedtimes. People start work at 2 PM. I don't really know what's going on. I did, uh, I did pull up a recipe for a martini that is, I did not make because I don't have the stuff to make it, but. Uh, it's based on a really good one I remember having in Philadelphia one time. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's basically a martini, a very strong martini with Lillet Blanc. So it's three ounces of gin, an ounce of vodka, and a half ounce of Lillet Blanc, which is like a French aperitif with a lemon mm-hmm. twist. And it's actually called a Vesper, which I found out it's a, it's a twist on an actual martini. So if you're going to make a little quarantini, I'm the first person to come up with that term, by the way. I can't <laughs> believe no one said before. it before, but I, hope I you, figured you, you know, might that. as well share knowledge if we can't drink it. Uh, I have a recipe, too. It's um, 610 grams of warm water, 160 grams of Levain, um, 610 grams of strong white flour, 180 grams of strong whole wheat whoa, 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 flour. Whoa, whoa, Ryan, don't give away your secret recipe. And 16 your grams list, of salt. Our listeners 
are going to ask for you to send them this. So if you give all your secrets away, they're not going to call. You just have to do it until you get it right. You can't just do it based on what I just said there. I guess that's fair. Okay. Yeah. Should we talk about this movie? Is it time? Yeah. Okay, fine. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So Stuck in the Suburbs. Um, it's about two teen girls who, um, one of them accidentally switches phones with, a pop star and, uh, he's basically a cross between, I guess, uh, Justin Bieber and Pete Wentz. Um, he is Jordan Cahill. He is a teen idol. Um, this girl, Brittany switches phones with his manager and then, uh, hijinks ensue. That's, that's pretty much it. Just this movie is... 80 minutes of hijinks, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, pretty much. And, and friendship ensues, too. That Well, actually, I want to talk about that because I see so much more than friendship in this movie. The second that Brenda Song walks into this school, there are, there are strong queer vibes, and I think it might be Disney Channel's first lesbian love story. Oh. Are you allowed to say that as a straight person? Well, so I, I thought about this because, yes, okay, throwing it out there. I'm a cishet white male. I, I know. I, I, have, I have everything in the world going for me, don't I? But I saw it immediately, and I don't usually look for these things. But the way that Danielle Panabaker just watched her walk in, the slow walk of Brenda's song, like pan up from the ground, like from her shoes up to her face. Um, and the way that Brenda saw, when, when they're becoming friends, and Brenda says, like, who says you want to be like everybody else, right? And it's clearly supposed to be a reference to, like, oh, everybody loves Jordan Cahill. But also, like, don't conform with the norm, you know? Yep. Feel whatever you want. Les out a little bit. It's eighth grade. Put that sounds weird when I put it like that. shirt. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. something like Avril Lavigne's Claire's collection. <laughs> Well, thanks for bringing that up. I didn't even think of that. And now that's all I'm ever going to be able to think about as it pertains to this movie. Yeah. That's um, fine. I just, I, so this is our fourth decom with Brenda's song. Wow. We did, um, we did Ultimate Christmas Present. We did Get a Clue. We did Wendy Wu. And now this one. And um, I have decided that having Brenda's song in a decom just by default makes it a little bit better. Hmm. It's also a trope, technically. That's true. It is definitely a trope. I mean, what is, she's done so many of them. I think she's done five or six. So, like, right off the bat, like, there's a 5% chance that she's going to be in one. Yeah, and she's never, like, the straight man. No. She always has some defining characteristics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I, I appreciate it, and I'm glad that she's there whenever she is. Like, her defining characteristic of this is that she's from New York City. Allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly. But we'll, we'll get into all that. Um, oh, one thing that I, I need to talk about is the opening opening credit sequence, because we, we kind of just glossed right over that. Um, it, the opening credit sequence is just different shots of Jordan Cahill, who, by the way, is Taron Killam, who you may know <laughs> from... Uh, he, he was Spalding on The Amanda Show. That is my first thought. Your first thought might be Saturday Night Live, but I don't care what you think. He is Spalding to me, and he always will be. Um, but it's just like it's just like magazine covers of him as Jordan Cahill. But they had to make all these, and they had to make them convincing. So you get these hilarious things, like a shot of three just women and their names, Jennifer, Michelle, Rachel. And it says, what do these three women have in common? And you know what? We never get to find out. (laughs) 
I just want to know what they have in common. Who directed there's this? Another sh- or who there's another. There's a shot it? of Derek who is hyped for his new music. And I will never know what music Derek is hyped about. We got to hit up the writer, the director. Mm -hmm. Why is everybody in this movie who's famous just has one name? Besides, they do mention Gwen Stefani. They mention actual people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they they mention Madonna. Um, He's got Madonna on the phone. Jordan, apparently Derek, who is a big deal. Oh, yeah, he is a big deal. He got front page on whatever that magazine was called, In Tune, maybe. I don't know. In Tune. Speaking of monimous people, do we ever learn the name of the host on, what is it called, like the music report? What's that? Oh, oh, the TLC type yeah. thing. Right. Or not yeah. TLC. TRL. 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 TMI. Oh, man. I remember coming home from middle school just so I could watch TRL because at the time they were still showing like pop punk stuff hmm. so i was all about that shit brandon's favorite genre for those who don't know <laughs> mm-hmm. i used to work Fallout with the guy Boy, uh from under the cork tree 15 years old this month today right sometime uh, maybe yeah. today i don't know Dated that's not evergreen reference. so you know actually it is evergreen if we just say today because then today doesn't matter what day it is it's over 15 years old at mm-hmm. this present moment yeah there you go I used to work with the now current host of TRL. Shout no out way. to Kevin Kenny. Hi, Kevin. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks for listening, for listening Kevin. Kevin. <laughs> so we have we have Brittany. She is the star of this movie. She's got a younger brother who's kind of a twerp, an older sister who's a real smart lady. And she loves Jordan Cahill, but she wants to keep it kind of on the down low when Brenda Songs enters the picture because Brenda's so cool. And Jordan Cahill, I think, is like represents everything poppy and popular and non-cool <laughs> yeah that, that, that's that's such a weird dichotomy though because what what is what defines the brenda song's coolness then because in eighth grade cool is you know pop pop idols and knowing more about them than anybody else at least that's what it was when we were in middle school well i, I think, think it's just the tie and the collared shirt brandon i guess I, you're right I don't yeah. remember uh, Brenda Song's character's name, but she's, like, too cool for school. You know, she comes from New York. She traveled around Europe. And she comes off as just being sort of, you know, so cool that she doesn't even know who Jordan Cahill is. So I think that's why uh, Danielle Pennebaker's character wants to downplay her enthusiasm for Jordan Cahill. You actually just made me think of something. You, you have a very good point, and I think you're, you're right on the money. But eventually in this movie, it is revealed. And the one the only conflict that um, that Brittany and Natasha have is that they both lied to each other. Mm-hmm. Brittany lied about being into Jordan Cahill. She said she wasn't, but she really is. And Natasha lied about, you know, being from uh, like Europe. Like she's not from Europe. Her dad her dad doesn't like travel around Europe all the time. She is from like here and she doesn't travel much at all. So does she actually not know who Jordan Cahill is? Was she lying about that too? I believe she was. Yes, I agree. She mm-hmm. she went apeshit just like the rest of them whenever he came around. And, you know, unless you're an actor, which, you know, these two women, Pennebaker and Song are, but Natasha and Brittany are not. Like, you can't fake that. 
there's there's a moment later on i think it's them interacting with him or, or talking to each other but like natasha uh brenda song knows some of his lyrics or something like she knows something that you would only know if you were like a big fan so i think it's it's meant to be like oh she knew who he was all along she just wanted to be too cool for school the mask is slipping so yeah. to speak yeah that that makes sense but like the- I, I feel like I paid pretty good attention to this one. All you needed was one line to clarify that she knew who he was, and we didn't get that. Oh, well. I'm with um, you, James. Yeah, th- I, there, I can't cite it specifically, but I, I got the impression that she knew who he was all along. That makes mm. sense. And, yeah. and going back to uh, Brennan, you made a point that Brittany's the main character. I actually disagree with that. I think uh, Jordan's cell phone is the main character. Of this, movie. <laughs> this is really all about cell phones. There's something very important to point out about these cell phones. Uh, Brittany and the manager switch cell phones, but the cell phones aren't the same at all. One of them is like like an early BlackBerry, and the other one is like a like a Nokia phone. And if I recall my memory of the mid 2000s, those were the only two types of phones available. So, like, why choose the only two different phones? Just pick two of the same ones. Yeah, they literally couldn't be more different. Like, it'd be one thing if they were the same model and they were different colors, but one of them is a pink brick and the other one is a silver smartphone with a full keyboard and a big screen. Yeah. yeah, it'd be more believable today when everyone's phone represents like a black pop tart. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I grabbed the wrong rectangle. <laughs> no, but we... honestly, like they hardly get to the heart of the film title of being stuck in the suburbs. I mean, this this movie should just be called like, "Oops, I switched my phone." <laughs> In my opinion, the only reason it's called Stuck in the Suburbs is because somebody at Disney Channel got the rights to Stuck in the Middle by uh, Steeler's Wheel. And they were like, oh. well, we got to put this in a movie. <laughs> Good point. It's so did. out of place. Yeah, incredibly. When I heard that, I was like, are you shitting me? Like, that was in Reservoir Dogs yeah, and this yeah. movie. Anybody, any, anyone who has ever seen Reservoir Dogs... Which, fair, a, a whole bunch of other cis white men, okay, I accept my, yeah. my place in the social spectrum. But anybody who has seen that movie will only hear that, that song and think of fucking Michael Madsen pouring gasoline on a guy and after he's just chopped his ear off. Like, hey, that, hey, is, no that is that song to me. No spoilies. Oh, I'm sorry. I've only seen it a couple of times. It's a Quentin Tarantino movie. Everybody dies. That's all you need to know. And oh, now oh. we have that song used in a minivan chase <laughs> with a, a record producer and a couple of PAs from a music video shoot, which, Brandon, I have questions about. Are that is that really what PAs are like? A hundred percent. Yes, okay, they, they are just bur- skull. They wear flame beanies and fingerless gloves. Right. And, they, and blades. Oakley yes, blades. They are rejects <laughs> of from stained. And they that is them. That's it entirely. Oof. Okay. Good. In fact, when I was a PA, they told me I had to grow a goatee and wear Oakleys. Otherwise, I wasn't allowed to have the job. All right, Brandon, time to get strapped in. Strap on those Oakleys, baby. Floop. You guys can't see it, but I'm wearing them now. Oh, we can. So his cell phone is basically a Palm Pilot, and hers is an Nokia. And they are, we're meant to believe that for almost a day... 
neither of them realized or no she realized she had the wrong one but he didn't realize that the other one was missing especially because it's his job to realize he is literally paid to just handle jordan's phone it doesn't Uh seem like he does anything except be jordan's friend and keep track of his phone and he's he's his assistant he's not doing a very good job no and also jordan says my whole life is on this phone and then goes hours and hours without ever touching it days yeah 2004 was a different time yeah i remember in 2004 uh i remember using t9 word i kind of missed that uh and i also remember having a 500 text a month limit and i would run out of that in like five days i never ran out of mine oh (laughs) oh well, it's okay. Nowadays, I would text you enough to run out in just two days. Thanks, Brandon. No problem. That's why we weren't friends in 2004. <laughs> it's not enough texting. <laughs> um, I don't really know when to insert this, so I'm going to talk about it now. What do you guys think about the Sunday? Oh, my God. The oh. giant-ass whipped <laughs> cream, cream chocolate Sunday. syrup. Incredible. That... I, if I had to guess, I would say it is about four and a half thousand calories. Just like a a, a literal quart sized bowl. Yeah. Topped I think it was, with whipped cream. I think it was wider than my face, chin to forehead. <laughs> what it was good. what was that for? I don't remember. Just a snack. While she's was, talking to her folks. No, it was because she got Jordan Cahill to come to the save summit house challenge. Yeah, let's talk about that. So there's a decrepit house that's falling down. And the main character's mom wants to save it. So the main character devises a plan to return the cell phone only if Jordan Cahill agrees to sing and dance at a decrepit falling down house on the second floor patio. (laughs) That's a that's bribery, isn't it? Can't you can't you like turn that into a legal matter if they really wanted to? Not if he gets to sing songs from the heart and not songs that the record company wants to put out. Ah, uh, yes, of course, because we all, I do appreciate, though, that in this movie, the the like the evil power, the, the enemy, the antagonist is just a record label because they do yeah, suck. A faceless well, record. Well, I guess the guy in the glasses kind of represents. Yeah, the they they label. personify that evil with the schmuck guy who's a typical manager. Asshole. His name is Len. Oh, mm. man. You know, if you steal my sunshine, I'm I'm gonna say it because by blood I'm the only Jew in this foursome here. Yeah, and I think you guys know what I'm about to say too. It's like so obvious that Len is supposed to be like a a sleazebag Jewish manager, but like it's never stated explicitly. All he cares about is the money. Yeah, but he also acts like a total dick. Like, he's a New York type. You know, if if this was made in 2020, he'd be looking more like Adam Sandler in Uncut James. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very good point. Um, I, do, I do appreciate in this movie. I mean, I don't really appreciate it being from New York, but I always find it funny when percep- per portrayals of New York are just like, it's a mystical place where you could get one-of-a-kind shoes. Like, oh, you went to <laughs> New York? Like, bitch, I live there. It's not that great. Well, haven't you ever met anybody who was just dying to move here? I mean, to them, that's what it is. It is, you know, the streets are paved with gold, Brandon. I guess so. Yeah, I mean, I I, I am a hypocrite because I, I, will, I will talk shit about New York, but then also say, like, no, I would never live anywhere else in the whole world. In fact, um, 
uh, a friend of mine and my wife, uh, she started dating this guy who is not from New York. And he moved here like six months ago. And we're all like, oh, so how do you like it here? He's like, ah, it's okay. I'm not really a fan. I don't think I'll be here very long. And immediately we were like, you got to break up with him. Like, this is not going to work. Yeah, right. I mean, that's, uh, I think you're allowed to do that if you're uh, a New Yorker. You're allowed to talk shit on it all the time. And then when somebody else talks shit, you're like, hey, let's go Mets, baby. 9-11, never forget. (laughs) (laughs) To quote a former guest on the Tipsy panel, being a coastal elite is easy and fun. New York is just like everyone's sibling. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I like that comparison. To quote somebody who will hopefully be a future guest on the Tipsy panel, a New Yorker is someone who yearns for New York. Are you quoting Billy Joel? No, fuck that guy. (laughs) Are you quoting one of the Cuomo brothers? Fuck those guys. The brothers Cuomo. Hey, mom called. She says she loves me more. She says you got to call her. Oh, hey, Chris, uh, mom said you got to stay in your basement and uh, your wife's got to take a bleach bath before she comes to see you. Are these jokes relevant to people who aren't from here? I don't know no. if people outside of New York know who the Cuomo of brothers are. Of course not. Well, I'm not talking not. about the lead singer of Weezer. Ooh, wee, you, I don't <laughs> dress like Andrew Cuomo. <laughs> <laughs> No, these jokes aren't going to be relevant in in six months, let alone that's okay a year. Who said the quote, Ryan? Uh, my friend Justin. Oh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> somebody who I love and respect, not uh, any of those other idiots that you guys just mentioned. Hey, uh, can we do the can we do the decom f bomb? I think this is a good time for the decom. We're F-bomb on cause... the subject of quotes. Oh, I forgot yeah, there we go. about the decom f bomb. How could you forget? Uh, for those of you who obviously remembered but uh, want me to explain it anyway, uh, if this were a PG thirteen movie, you'd get to say fucked once. Where would you say it and why? I'll go first. Um, there is a sequence where um, Brittany and Natasha are running away from the minivan that had pulled up to uh, Brittany's house and they start hopping fences and they hop into the backyard huh. of who are, I think the only black characters in this movie. I think they are there in this one scene just because somebody saw it and said, Hey, we have all white people in this movie, except Brent. We need a oh, black person in this movie. There was a young black boy in the scene where uh, Jordan performs at the house, but go on. Oh, okay. Thank you for noticing. Um, <laughs> but they hop into her yard and she goes, Oh, well, uh, hi, you guys are here. Uh, oh, Brittany, can you uh, babysit for us this Thursday? Um, and Brittany goes, yeah, sure. And what should have followed that is, oh, great. And also, Brittany, get the fuck out of my yard. <laughs> Who is this person you've hopped over my fence with? Please leave. <laughs> That's fair. It was a very Not strange right. scene. It had no reason to be there at all. There are a lot of time fillers in this movie. Which, which is crazy because the movie is 80 minutes long. Yeah. Um, okay, my decom F-bomb is towards the end when Jordan eventually saves the decrepit house by agreeing to do the, the uh, fundraiser show. And the main character and Jordan are talking and she says, thank you. And he says, no, thank you. With the same earnest, I would really like, fuck you. No, <laughs> fuck you. It'd be like a nice David Wayne-esque. 
Yeah. She did steal, she did steal his phone. Um, you know, kind of, but by stealing his phone, she returned his music integrity. That is true. Which is the heart of the movie. But yeah. she also forced him to cut his golden locks, which weren't golden. No. However, it created what was possibly the best scene in the movie, which is when they cut to that TRL type show. And it's just a bunch of 15 year old girls sobbing in the background as yep. this guy says that he cut his hair. Hey, it looks like a movie theater. <laughs> yeah. You know when you cut your hair and it just immediately is frosted tips? <laughs> <laughs> Happens every time. Can't say I do. Happens every time. Um, I actually did come up with a decom F-bomb in spite of the fact that I forgot that it existed. Um, <laughs> at, at the very end when Jordan is about to play the concert to save Ashbrook House which also coincidentally went on to be his first uh, platinum-selling record, The Concert to Save Ashbrook House. Um, uh, Brittany's mom is stalling for time because Jordan's not there yet, and she's like, okay, that's uh, fact number 57. Uh, and everybody's like, where's Jordan? Where the fuck is Jordan? Because they're really getting <laughs> mad. They are. And then she goes on to say, oh, number 58, legend has it once that President Truman used the bathroom. We don't care about President fucking Truman. We, where's Jordan? What does that even mean? Legend has it. Truman was president in the forties. There's no legends from 1940. Yeah, just go talk to someone. <laughs> yeah, they're still alive. But if you're a kid in 2004, do you connect those dots? You're not a kid now, Brandon. No, I'm not. But I don't know. Maybe maybe 12 year old me would have had enough sense to be like, hey, I can look that up on the internet. Um, I have an F-bomb that I like to think was really in the movie. So watching this on Disney Plus, I don't know if it's if this is the only version, but there's a scene. Britney's a songwriter. We haven't mentioned that yet, right? Oh, right. She, yeah, she's, she's an she's acoustic a lyricist. guitar player. Uh, further yeah. evidence that she is indeed uh, a lesbian and attracted to Brenda's song. Oh, jeez. Okay, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> um. But so there's a scene where she's writing and she, you know, she has writer's block or whatever. And it's when they start to affect Jordan's life and she's writing. And the title of one of her songs is The Closed Door. Mm. And she crosses out closed and she writes The Open Door. <laughs> but below, that's the only thing on the page you can see her write. And it's not like her body was obscuring the rest of the page. The rest of the page was like blurred, like an episode of Cops. Yep. <laughs> it was straight up like pixelated. I noticed And I that like too. to think that was just profanity laced. <laughs> I think it's just... because the door is the closet and she's finally coming oh. out. Mm-hmm. Oh, damn it, you damn. guys. Yeah, we fake that. See, that actually makes a lot of sense. Wow. The evidence is all there. This is Disney Channel's first lesbian love story and Move all of you are just too prison. shy too ashamed to admit it you're too afraid wow okay I'm, i was not on board with this theory but i wasn't allowed to touch a guitar my parents wouldn't let me they thought you'd go gay that's that's you just know. how it is mm-hmm. you know straight <laughs> once <laughs> come on finish it i need to know how it finishes i can't we have children <laughs> listening to this <laughs> Plucking the G string. 
Yeah, there you whoa, go. That's whoa, whoa. that's it. Okay, let's talk about all of the montages that are flashbacks to 20 minutes ago in the movie. I have... You said wasting time, Brennan, and that was immediately what I thought of. All right. Wasting time and also low budgets because yeah. like the clips were reused, but also there's like a scene where gossip is traveling throughout the whole um, town. Mm-hmm. And it's done it's done so through phone calls and they keep like different phone, you know, different recipients of the phone calls are popping up on screen, but they keep reusing the same clips. It's like the same five so, girls. Yeah, so it's like And they're girl playing in pink them backwards shirt, and forwards. In shirt, girl in green shirt, girl in pink shirt. <laughs> Yeah, they it play was it, forwards and reverse. Just uh, pick a phone up, put it down. Pick it up, put it down. The first also, boomerangs. I have a strong <laughs> theory that like the vans that everyone drove in were just also vans for transporting um, like movie equipment. Oh, oh definitely, for, a, for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm pretty sure this had a budget of forty five dollars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they just took whatever they could get. Here is my theory on the, uh, or not my theory. Here's my take on the the flashback sequences. You do one flashback sequence in a movie, that's fine. It's acceptable. It's a trope. It's, you know, a little cliche, but it's something that you do. Sometimes it's necessary to, you know, get a point across. You do two of them, that's terrible. It is an abomination. It is terrible for cinema. You should never do that. But you do three of them, and it is suddenly the greatest thing that I have ever seen in any Disney Channel movie. (laughs) I think a good six minutes of this movie was clips that we had already seen. Yeah. There were two song sequences that were entirely that. And then there was the one flashback sequence where Daniel Panabaker is putting together the pieces of like, oh, did Brenda's song lie to me? Insane. I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing when the second one came up. And I was like, surely there can't. This is this is unprecedented. Mm hmm. It was the same. I feel like it was the same footage. Yeah. This this could only be done by a director whose name, I kid you not, on IMDb is Savage Steve Holland. No. This movie had some incredible names scattered throughout the the credits list. Ryan, did you happen to get oh some good credits names? God, did I ever? I mean, that really redeemed all of this. Um the, uh, the UPM, what is that, Unit Production Manager? Unit Production Manager. Lampton Enox. Great name. Just, like, knocked it out of the fucking park. The guy who did stunts for uh, Len is named Danny Cosmo Higginbottom. Yup. Higginbottom. B-O-T-T-A-M. Yes. <laughs> um, the character Ashley was Cece Hedgepeth. <laughs> <laughs> the character Adriana was Brendo Lowe. Oh yeah. Um the the guy who played the director was Johnny Alonzo, which Good one. I I think on its own it's it's a little flimsy, but when you consider the fact that he just played director, hey Johnny Alonzo <laughs> playing the director in Stuck in the Suburbs. Yeah, that's a Sopranos extra. Yes. Um, I, th- Dave- I think my favorite one overall was the transpo coordinator, whose name was Poland Paul Perkins. Holy shit. <laughs> I missed that one. Triple P, baby. Yeah, um, I, I think uh, UPM Lampton Enox is my favorite. But Incredible um, name. Also, played- while I was looking for uh, good credits names, uh, the, I looked at who did the ADR. 
and it was clearly just a company, but it said loop therapy. And I thought that was a real person's name. And I was Mm -hmm. obsessed with like for five seconds. I was like, oh, my God, there's a person out there whose name is loop therapy. My my name, loop therapy. Oh, one more. Music director was David Kitte. Kitte? David Kitte. Come here, Kitte. Kitte. Oh, now I gotta open the door in case Finn needs to come in because yeah. I was I was pissed. Oh, I miss Finn. How's Finn doing? He's he loves having us around. He's been so 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 needy. My cats have also been very happy to have us here. Tony and Silvio, they're both uh, having a good time. Hey, now they're um, official Disney Channel kitty panels. That's true. Normally, when I'm working here at the table, um, Tony will jump up on my lap, and she hasn't come yet. But uh, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Tony and her friend Johnny Alonzo. Johnny Alonzo. My cat. Is, my cats are named, for any of you uh, uh, with astute observation skills, uh, they are named Tony Soprano and Silvio Dante after characters from The Sopranos. Hey, did you guys know that if you rearrange the letters and stuck in the suburbs, you get chunkiest bust rubs? Are you kidding? I am not kidding. Oh, my God. Chunkiest bust rubs. Uh, I got to (laughs) go. Sorry, Ryan. You have to stay here. We need you. See you guys later. Yeah, you do, actually. Yeah. When the Spanish rice is too spicy. (laughs) (laughs) I wrote that down. Spanish rice was too spicy. Anyone else have any good quotes? This is my favorite quote from the movie. Was ever heard of a little thing called teen angst? Yeah, that was a good one. Mm -hmm. Um, I really liked, oh, where is it in my notes? I am such a fool. I don't remember who said it or why, (laughs) but I just love that. I'm such Mm -hmm. a fool. Yeah, that's good. Hey, guys, how many times did they do the um, little brother spying in sister's room gag? So oh, many, probably, like six. Right. I was going to say half a dozen, and it never pays off. It's never like he gathers important information that she wouldn't have had otherwise. It was just, again, another time filler. I think there is one payoff, and it's when he actually gets away with it because she checks the closet, and she's like, oh, that always works. He's always there. And then she closes the door, and he's hanging on the door. In yeah. fact, my Back alternate door. my alternate decom f bomb was that he's hanging on the door and he's like, ha 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 ha, I got away with it. And then he realizes he can't get down. And he's like, oh fuck. He must have been able to like Alex Mack style morph himself into that room because he managed to be under her bed. Like he moves around undetected. Yeah. He, no, no, you're right. He definitely turns into the Capri Sun silver blob of jelly yeah. and just makes his way around. <laughs> this movie also falls victim to the trope of uh, younger brother knows how to hack any device. Mm. Oh, but they give away his birthday. They give away Jordan Cahill's birthday. So, Which is also, uh, yeah. uh, what's his name, Taron Killam's birthday. It, they just used his real birthday. Oh, weird. Wow, that's... <laughs> Not a lot of creatives in that room. Oh, that no. was another. That was another good quote uh, during that scene um, when the brother guessed what the password was. Uh, Brittany was like, "Oh, so did you use his birthday?" And the brother was like, "No, I just used the default password. Nobody over the age of fourteen uses anything besides the default." 
country settings, baby. He okay boomered a bunch of yeah. over fourteen year olds. Yes, what like fifteen years before it's time. Good for him, Cooper. <laughs> so the guy, the Jordan Cahill's twenty two. Yeah. In this movie. Yeah. And he invite he gets real chummy with a bunch of sixteen year olds. Not yeah, it's a very uh, Drake and Millie Bobby Brown scenario. I'm not down with yeah. To the point where they're all invited to be the backup dancers on his latest music video. Oh, but it's no longer his music video now, is it? Because the I guess the epilogue of the movie, what happens is Jordan Cahill is now doing his own thing, whatever his own thing is. But the person who's working with the record company now is Eddie, his former manager, because Eddie is a is a suck up who will do anything that his boss tells him to. And once Jordan decided to start making his music his way, Eddie took the opportunity to be like, yeah, I'll make a I'll make a million dollars or whatever. It's definitely that not a million came dollars. out of though. nowhere. Yeah, it it served. It, there was to me that served no purpose. No, no, it didn't. But it's a very Disney thing to do to be like, oh, look, Eddie's doing the music now. Yeah. Oh, but let's talk about how Jordan Cahill was locked into a six album record deal with his record label. That's some fucking Suge Knight shit. That's some bad, bad contracts. And I feel bad for him for signing. That's some fucking Len shit. (laughs) I'm on that Len shit. I don't own any music I write until I turn 40. Fuck Len. All my homies hate Len. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty predatory with him. And it's interesting that he's like he's presented as such like a true artist. Like all he wants to do is make his own music and his own lyrics that mean something, you know, that typical trope. And <laughs> he but at the same time, he was like put into this and also with his best friend who want, like wants him to go along with it two so is he just dumb or i don't know i i let's just say yes okay i think every character jordan's like i want to make my own music with my own sound and then it's like this sounds like all the other garbage that we've seen in this movie it's still like pop yeah watered down pop music with a good acoustic guitar yeah hey did well, anybody happen to look at the the soundtrack listing for this movie because oh yeah they had Steelers wheel well other than that they had a fucking incredible list um they had Haley duff singing a song wow they had um who else did they have uh they had one of the guys from dream street they had oh. uh jesse mccartney Oh, he is the guy for... Oh, no, they had two guys from Dream Street. They had Jesse McCartney, and they had... Who is this guy? Greg Raposo? He's no one, but he's in Dream. he was in Dream Street. Um, they had... Her name is Stacy Orico, who I did not recognize from name, but she's the one that sings, There's gotta be more to life. And everybody knows that song. I mean, this and, budget had to go somewhere. Yeah, and um, what's her name? They had a song by Annalise van der Poel, who plays Chelsea in That's So Raven. So this movie was clearly a chance for like Disney to just be like, all right, let's just unload all of these songs that we didn't do anything with because they're just sitting in the vault and they're <laughs> losing money. Let's put them out. I mean, this movie's thin. 
It's yeah. like, it's flimsy. The title doesn't make sense. I feel like between the four of us, we can come up with a better title in this movie than Stuck in the Suburbs. Yeah, phone swap. Done. Yeah. That reminds me of the uh, Hungarian title for, um, what was it? Uh, Eddie's Million Dollar Cook-Off? Gloves Exchange? Yes, Gloves Exchange. That's why they couldn't <laughs> call it Phone Swap, because they decided it was too similar to the to Gloves Exchange. Phones Exchange. <laughs> oh, that's Even too literal, like though. Phone Home. Yeah. Fine. Oh, guys, here is a here is a new twist on um, on recording from our respective homes. Uh, my wife is in the other room and texted me. I cannot believe you didn't recognize St- Stacy Orico's name. Also, the song stuck. Who even are you? I'm getting a divorce. Oh, fuck. Wow. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, she, no. She didn't really include that last part, did she? Well, you'll never know. Available. Well. How how about this? I I sung that little um, Buddy Holly excerpt, but I put Andrew Cuomo's name in there. That was good. And and then like five minutes later, I heard my fiance singing the real Buddy Holly. <laughs> <laughs> it's an oh, earworm. These are new dynamics that we don't usually get, even though we do usually record at your place. Yeah, we do. And I miss you guys. It's it's really weird here in the studio all alone. The yeah. studio. It's my. It's my extra bedroom. No, oh it's the goodness. studio, and we all know it's it. the studio. Yeah, and you guys are all remote. Mm-hmm. Phone home. <laughs> guys, this movie was really important for gamer representation. Not only did they have a fake video game, which I believe was shown in another decom, and I have to do more research on that, but they also had uh, the little brother playing a Game Boy SP. And they mm. had Jordan Cahill playing a Game Boy Advance. Yeah. That's three different instances in of video games. And they had a female gamer because Britney beat the game for Cooper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whoever says girls don't game is uh, is just wrong. Has never met a lesbian. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> that, yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. That's just more evidence to throw in there. Exhibit Z. I have that, to say something. If I have to give, we've been ragging on this movie pretty hard. I want to give it one point of props. Mm-hmm. So there's been a lot of these movies, Camp Rock, a lot of any of the movies where people burst into song and suddenly there's a full band behind them, even though they're alone. When Jordan Cahill is singing on the balcony of the house, he bursts into song. He, Taron Killam clearly can't play the guitar. He's miming poorly. <laughs> and there's yeah. a full band behind him. For about a minute, it's just on him and the crowd. And then they pan out. Turns out there's a full band on the first floor. I really appreciated that. Yeah. What was the note that I wrote? Um, Excited for the backing music to come out of nowhere for no reason. But it actually didn't. So I did appreciate that. And if I may, they actually did set it up pretty well because there was a shot like, um, what do they call it? Uh, A wide shot with... um, the dude was like tuning his guitar up. So I was like, oh, wow, they're not just going to bring the music out of nowhere because you saw the band before they even went on, which I thought was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and they showed the drummer. Jordan Cahill proceeds to play one note or one <laughs> chord, I mean. The Everybody knows G. What did piss me off about that particular scene, though, is that uh, now I'm nitpicking here, but there was no obvious 
sound system, and it sounded obviously really good because it's dubbed in, but there was no microphones, uh, and you know, it sounded like a studio track. So maybe yeah. that's just the audio engineer in me, and I'm really splitting hairs here, but it, it frustrated no, me. No, you're not just splitting hairs because my I, as soon as I saw that, an, an unplugged acoustic guitar on yes. a public intersection with a bunch of screaming fans and the guitar sounds over everybody, Mm-mm, I'm not buying it. Right. It should have sounded like the Beatles at Shea Stadium, which was just screaming. You couldn't even hear the band. <laughs> and his voice carries. It's, that would have been really funny if they zoom out. And uh, <laughs> it's just it's you could just hear like just the drums over everybody and just see him miming the guitar. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so normally we do a decom dad hour. Is it even worth it for this movie? This dad gets a, a S for satisfactory. He get he gets a participation trophy. He was yeah. there. <laughs> it's the pass fail. Dad yeah, he didn't hour. do anything yeah. wrong. Yeah. And, I like um, the mom though. I think the mom was good. Yeah, she is a good character. I'm a fan. She's cool. She could, she had, she had um, morals. She had values. Yeah. Um, she tried to instill them in her kids. Mm-hmm. She she raised uh, one successful kid, another c- conniving child, and Cooper. <laughs> and the older sister. We haven't talked about the older sister. Oh, yeah. She's bad drive. at driving. Yeah. She's just anxious. That's, yeah. That's it. But intelligent. Uh, why? I'm surprised they even included her in the movie. Like most of these Disney Channel movies, it's two of them. It's the main character and the mm. snarky but brilliant younger sibling to have a third is just not the formula they needed the time i'm telling you i mean this is a movie about two people meeting up to exchange cell phones yeah (laughs) yeah you're right it it definitely uh it definitely just drags on oh i found Sorry, I found a quote in uh, in here that I thought the first quote that I said was the, my favorite quote, but then I realized that this was the best quote. Suburbs are just a state of mind. Oof. Guys, They're that's not like true. Not. It's not true. <laughs> they are a very real thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I was going to say, in your own words, what does that quote mean to you? But... Oh, it means absolutely nothing, and that's it's why a- it's my favorite. It, it, somebody wrote that, or so, – so there's two options. Either somebody wrote it and said this is fine for a movie, like no one's going to question it, or Jordan Cahill or Taron Killam ad-libbed that line, and somebody thought it was good enough. Like, yeah, let's just keep that in. Sounds great, man. Suburbs are just a state of mind. You know what? Now that I'm think, now that I'm saying it out loud, that was definitely a sta- a Savage Steve Holland choice. Like Jordan, um, Taron Hill just said it, and Savage Steve was like, "Yeah, man, state of mind. All oh. right." Fuck. Savage you Steve don't. sounds like a like a radio host. Yeah, like a nineties shock jock. Savage Steve in the mornings. Savage Steve in the whale man. What up, everybody? <laughs> chop chop in the swamp. Oh, this is a very important announcement to all of our listeners. Yes, you there listening to me right now. If you know where I can find a Jordan Cahill bobblehead advertised in the diner, I will pay 
$100 for it. I am absolutely serious. I need a Jordan Cahill bobblehead. Please tell me where I can find it. You can email me, DisneyChannelTipsyPanel at gmail.com. I need to know. I know they're out there somewhere. They, ha- they made at least two, and I want one. Dude, if they only made two of them, it's going to cost you more than 100 bucks. Will it, though? Because this movie yeah. costs less than 100 bucks. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. It was $45 to make. Yeah, so that was probably like $20 of the budget. So if each of those, if two of them was $20, that means one's 10 So I'm going to pay 10 times what it was worth, which I think is fair. Okay, Bob, fair. You really are a math teacher. That's me. <laughs> math, baby. Numbers and stuff. Hey, what else do we got what? about this movie? Any uh, any other thoughts? I'm just kind of yes. going through my notes. As the resident map freak of the Disney Channel tipsy panel, mm-hmm. I appreciated the phone tracking service that <laughs> apparently was just a robotic voice that you called to find your phone. And the phone just says, your phone is at 127 Orange Blossom. Your yeah. phone is at 128 Orange Blossom. Your phone Actually, is at I'm 129 Orange Blossom. That's not a feature. Like, why is it that you need to have... Sorry, this is really getting off topic. But why is it that you need to have, like, two Apple products to find where one of them is? Yeah. Why can't it just, like, transmit that data to a server somewhere? And then you use any phone to call a number and, like, plug in your number plus the passcode or whatever, the voicemail password. Wozniak, get fucked. Steve Jobs, (laughs) die. Tim Apple. Eat shit. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Also, why can't my phone, why can't I just go on my computer and then it says your phone is in between the two cushions of the couch? Like they your should know that. 127 Orange Blossom. This is, oh. oh, does anybody know where this movie was filmed? Because it wasn't Toronto. Yes, yes, New Orleans, Louisiana. Yeah. Oh, and there were some really good Cajun names in the credits too. I didn't write any of them down, but yeah, that was weird that they filmed this in new orleans why i have no idea and i tried to find information on it but there is just nothing written about the production of these movies except it was filmed here and that's it i don't know why disney is so hush hush about this we are one of like five or six different decom podcasts that i know of meaning there's other ones out there and there's just no source material for us to work with other than the movies themselves. Give me some primary sources. Give me something. I need to know. I'll give you something, and it's a theory. Uh, stuck in the suburbs caused Hurricane Katrina. Oh, shit. Dude, this came out in 2004. You, yeah, and Katrina you might was in be 05. onto something here. So mm, it was God's wrath. <laughs> for they, were, the, they were so for the pissed at this movie. movie. Someone stole Katrina's phone and she came back to look for it. <laughs> <laughs> this time, Katrina's not playing around. This the the same-sex love story uh, invoked God's wrath. <laughs> that actually makes more sense than anything in this movie. I buy it. Guys, My brain is diseased. I, you were just talking about where was this filmed. Um that fountain where they filmed the music video, I just sent you guys a post from 2015. I was looking up Jordan Cahill bobblehead, and I found <laughs> out uh, Taron Killam posted a picture of himself at the fountain 11 years after this was. Uh, Whoa. Uh, after it was. Um, 
Whoa. made for a Make-A-Wish shoot. They oh, my returned, God. And he was what at the, the f- exact fountain. It's what awesome. What the fuck? Why? Someone's Make-A-Wish was that. I can't I'm, believe I'm, I mean, this fountain is real. I just assumed it was a set piece. I, I mean, why would that be your Make-A-Wish? That's what I mean. Uh-huh. Wait, what we can do... What are the comments that just says, I don't give a fuck? <laughs> that was me. Oh. Yeah, it was. We can do some uh, forensic work on this because there's some writing on the, the columns behind him. And I bet you if we search it, we can find something. Oh, my God. So we're going to get to the bottom of this. Incredible. Maybe not on this podcast, but we will tag it on. Maybe one of our listeners will do the detective work for us. Yeah. Please let us know, DisneyChannel60Panel at gmail.com, or DM us on Instagram at DisneyChannel60Panel. Also, why is Taryn Killam wearing a hat that just says Deus? That means God. <laughs> it's because he's God, and he was infuriated by the same-sex love story, and then he invoked the wrath of the hurricane. Wait, this is actually kind of funny. So, um, James, you sent us this from Taryn Killam's Instagram page, and he tags... Daniel Panabaker and Brenda Song and Ryan Belleville, who played Eddie, and Todd Stashwick, who played Len. But Todd and, or Eddie and Len, they don't have Instagram pages. So he just tags to nothing. It's just very funny that in 2015, he just didn't really get it and didn't really know how Instagram was supposed to work. Or maybe he expected them to have pages and they just didn't. He never checked. Aaron Killam. A piece of toast. <laughs> Bobby Moynihan. Uh, do we have anything else about this movie? Should we rate this movie? Is it time? Um, you know, I got stupid shit for days on this. You know, they called Jordan the Prince of Pop, which is stupid. Um, Natasha knocks a fisherman into the water. Um, yes. Suburbs are just a state of mind. I wrote that down, too. Suburbs is just a state of mind. Yeah, I don't know. You guys want to rate this movie? Yeah, I guess let's do it. Um, So for those of you who don't know, our rating system is very simple. It is binary. You either give it a thumbs up or you give it a thumbs down. Um, I don't care why you give it a thumbs up or thumbs down. You just do it. So, uh, yeah, go ahead. Go nuts. Somebody start us off. I will because... Oddly enough, I was liking this movie while I was watching it. Um, You know, I listened to you guys punch holes in it throughout this entire process. And yeah, I agree with all those. Um, I don't know. In a way, it was kind of a wholesome story, even though the two girls did evil and, uh, you know, caused Jordan some, some issues. But they also steered his life in the right direction, even though he's a successful pop star already in his own right. Um, but that being said, you know, there were some funny moments, but that doesn't make up for the fact that it was a poorly made film, hastily made, clearly, um, you know, lots of, lots of bad about it. And I came to my senses listening to you guys all talk about this. This movie sucks just like the rest of them. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it wasn't as bad as some of the others that we've seen, but, um, it was still really bad. And for that reason, I, I think I have to give it the obligatory thumbs down. Good to have you back, Ryan. 
Yeah, I, I, I had you guys going, didn't I? You did. I thought you were going to go the other way, and I was about to be like, oh, he missed the show. But no, nothing can nothing can deter you from the thumbs no. down, and I don't blame you. James and I were talking about this. Like, I miss the show. I miss recording with you guys. You know, I miss you guys. But I don't miss watching these crap movies. <laughs> um, no, but oddly, I, I really was like – you know, oh, it's kind of cute. And, you know, most of the main characters are girls. But nah, it was fucking so stupid. And it pissed me off. I'm back, baby. <laughs> you know, actually, that's something I've never really, never really thought about how Disney Channel. I mean, it, it, it sounds obvious as I'm saying it, but how many movies they have, which is like all female leads and all female supporting cast. Like, I mean, you, you obviously have guys in this movie, but it, it is really nice that Disney throughout the mid 2000s had no like, you know, biases towards um, gender. Uh, and they also would do a lot of um, racially blind casting. Like, you know, this movie is a great as an example, but they do have a lot of movies. Well, you know, they'll cast anyone of any race and it, it's, you know, it doesn't really matter. Like it's not for a specific reason. And I think that is good. The only reason is that your parents have to agree to let you drop out of school. To yeah. Film a movie. So I actually, so from my time in working on film sets, I can say that you're supposed, they still have to do six hours of school a day, but that school is absolutely nothing. Well, that's like the the eight hours I'm doing of work now. Yeah, <laughs> it's the it's <clears throat> it's a one to one ratio. It's the same idea. You're getting don't, the same amount done. Don't tell my boss. Uh, I'll tell jump in now. I'll rate the movie. Um, I agree that this movie was bad, but I give it a thumbs up because I enjoyed watching it. Um, I I loved that it had gamer representation. I love that it is a lesbian love story. What before they were allowed to admit it. Um, I just. I don't know. I enjoyed it. And I know how bad it is. And I know how bad a lot of these movies are. And maybe this was just me longing for the show again and doing this podcast. But I did really, as I'm writing things down, I'm like, damn, this is crazy. But I'm laughing as I'm writing it. Um, I, I enjoyed it. Um, I always thought, you know, Brenda Song is great. Daniel Panabaker is great. And Jordan Killam is good in, you know, whatever it was he was doing in this movie. Just kind of being there. Um, I, I, I enjoyed it and I recognize how poorly made and hastily made and cheaply made this movie is. I can't deny that. I liked it though. Thumbs up. Typical. Yeah. Typical. Yeah. Welcome back everybody. All right. I'll jump in. Um, I liked how much of a time capsule this movie was. I like that, you know, you get like bad style you know 2004 style um <laughs> natasha and Brittany are wearing what i can only describe as come de garçon von dutch hats um there's they're wearing mardi gras beads as fashion um and like uh uh what's jordan's original look is bad he's like john varvado style uh the the montages were too much they really took me out of it. They they physically angered me. Uh, and th weirdly, the rest of the people in the movie, like the actors were, I had no problems with. It was like all the extras that really got me angry. Like they were just mm. plucked out of nowhere. And they were clearly not that aware of that, that they were in a movie. Uh, there was just a lot that took me out of it. Plus the, the shameless reusing of footage. I got to say it's a thumbs down, but I am happy to be back. <laughs> I am not surprised. 
Yeah, this All movie right. deserves a thumbs down. I guess I'm just crazy. You are. I'll keep it short and sweet. I feel like the person who wrote this movie was a cell phone themselves. <laughs> and they just hit that, like, middle button predictive text <laughs> until full sentences formed. And then they cast it. And then it was moved for production. And then they had something to air on a Friday night. Yeah. Thumbs down for me. Nice to see you guys again. Thumbs up for that. The <laughs> sad boy Jordan movie. took his to guitar and played a song. Yeah, there's the movie. You did it. You know what should have been in this movie? MySpace or some equivalent Ooh. of that. There should have been like some website that they all log on to. And, and they like check, you know, musicbands.com and they get to see Jordan's new music video. I feel like that would have been the only thing that could have made this more 2004. Well, they had the lyrics website. What lyrics yeah. website? Uh, I don't know. What was it was like it. they leaked they leaked lyrics when they stole the cell phone. Right, but wasn't that just like on his notes app or whatever those No, but were? they leaked it online because then the manager was like, Hey, those aren't supposed to be out yet. Right. Oh, let's talk about how I mean we don't we're it's the end of the movie, but it's the <laughs> end of the episode. But let's talk about how they just kind of put their phones up to each other and sent a song to everyone in the world. <laughs> I don't even yep. think that's something you could do now. That was high tech. It was one of those features they realized it was too powerful for humankind and they took it away. Do you guys remember Bump It? You like bumped your iPhones? Yeah. Oh, I thought you were talking about the hair accessory, the Bump It. That gives you that like Long Island um, housewife look. Oh my God. I want one of those. (laughs) Yeah. Now, Now that I haven't been able to get a haircut for months, I think my hair is long enough to have a Bump It. Get a Bump It. I think it's time. Bringing yeah. back the 04 Lamudo look. Mm-hmm. I've got that re- reverse Jordan Cahill going on now. Man, that's hot. Your wife's not going to want to divorce you now. <laughs> Let's hope so. Um, Marriage saved. Thanks, Bump It. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's our show, everybody. We did it. Oh, my God. Another one in the books. Feels great. Episode 40. Woo! Oh, man. We've done wow. 40 of these. We have watched like 60 hours plus of Disney Channel original movie dude, content. Dude, don't don't quantify it like that. That's going to give me depression. Oh, no, I'm quantifying it. That's two and a half days. God damn it. Mm-hmm. Fuck. Oh, man. But it's OK because we make up for that in uh, friendship and good times. Really? No. OK, that's it. Um, everybody, thank you so much for listening. Um, I hope that you're as glad that we're back as we are, um, cause it feels great to do this. Uh, please, please let us know, uh, what you think. We love interacting with you guys. Um, you could find us on Instagram at Disney channel, tipsy panel. You can find us on Twitter at tipsy panel. You can email us Disney channel, tipsy panel at gmail.com. You can call Ryan. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's it's all of us, but it's it's me because it goes to my phone, and uh, that's my phone number. It's it's nine one four eight six three sixteen thirteen. Call me at at three o'clock in the morning. You know, tell me um, that you want to send me a prepaid label so I can send you a loaf of bread. 
you know, tell me you want to kick my ass because you don't like my opinions on DCOMs. Just <laughs> fucking call me. 914-863-1613. I, w- I was kind of joking about the kick my ass part because, you know, this is quarantine and uh, I'm getting prison ripped. So, you know, lifting bags of flour, <laughs> uh, sprinting up and down the block, screaming at the top of my lungs. I'm, I'm getting prison ripped. So, yeah. Uh, Ryan, I would love the opportunity to be sent bread and then kick your ass all in one phone call. You you can't get both things. Oh, you can't? No, no, because oh. you can't legally come within six feet of me. Oh. Well, what are you, a cop? I'm not going to give you bread if you're going to kick my ass. I'm going to send you a punch in the face through the mail. Bam. Be my guest. Make my day. <laughs> Hey, listeners, thanks for social distancing and thanks for isolating. And if you're not, that sucks. And you shouldn't be listening because we don't like that you're listening. Uh, take this Fuck take me. this whole situation seriously because we are and you should, too. And we want to get back to being in the same room together. And we can if you don't take this seriously. Unless you're listening far into the distant future. That's of true. April 2020. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you're if you're Which listening, if you're listening in like 2027, first of all, uh, cool. What's it like there? Uh, who's hosting the Olympics? Um, also, uh, great. I'm glad you made it that far. <laughs> how's President Sanders treating you guys? Ah, uh, I don't want to talk about that. How's how's there any President left? President West. Oof. How's President Dialysis? Because when Joe Biden dies, the mm. vice president has to take over, and it's going to be a dialysis machine. Yeah. <laughs> All right, here's a PSA. If you live in a deep blue state, you can write in Bernie Sanders. If you live in a swing state, I hate to say it, you're going to have to vote for the dementia man. Yeah. So just just do it. Swallow your pride. But if you live in a state like New York or California, just write in Bernie Sanders. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is about to turn into Chapo's Trap House, so we're going to call it. Uh, thanks, everybody. Uh, thank you for listening. Tune in next time. We'll have another episode for you. Uh, bye. Fuck you, Matt Chrisman. <laughs> <laughs>